Hi. One of the features here on Less the Book Coach is going to be a weekly podcast. Everybody has a story. I spent 17 years in radio asking questions, and until I started this series, I had no idea how much I missed it. The format of these podcasts is going to be a guest and me in a conversation, and you get to eavesdrop. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Our guest today is Claire Mosk Scott. Her business is called the Busy Queen Bee, and uh, Claire is from Jersey Island. Claire, let's let's let the listeners know where Jersey Island is. Yes, of course. And um, I think uh, when we talk about Jersey, a lot of people think about New York and, you know, America. Oh, right, you're, you're in the States. And is that, no, not quite, quite the state. We are actually in Jersey, which is part of the Channel Islands. Um, so in the channels between France and England, there are um, uh, little islands there. And Jersey is the biggest of the islands. It's nine miles by five miles. And there's about 100,000 people living on the island. So it's a small little island. But the the thing about Jersey as well is we are completely independent. So we are not part of England. We're not part of France. Although in history, there has been, you know, taken over by France, taken over by England, taken over. But here, there and everywhere. Um, and hence, when you're going around Jersey... A lot of the names are French. A lot of the street names are French, um, and uh, but everybody speaks English here, so it's a very much an English island. Claire, I spent some time in in the Channel Islands uh, a long time ago when I was doing something called a Nuffield Scholarship, and and uh, one of the islands at that time, I, I believe it was uh, Sark, didn't even allow automobiles. So to bring us up to speed, like these are small islands, aren't they? Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. So Sark still hasn't got any cars. Uh, you go around on the on the, I think a couple of horses on the island, but that's about it, really. Um, although Jersey and Guernsey, which are the two biggest islands, have got you know we we are at the highest of the technology, uh, digital. We obviously big financial centres here on the islands. Um, and we, it, it's uh, an hour and 15 minutes from France on the boat and about four hours from England on the boat, but only 40 minutes on the plane to London. So people commute to Jersey and, you know, it's, it's very, very international as well. Now, to anyone with a background in agriculture, particularly in the dairy industry, when we hear of, of Jersey or Guernsey, we think of the cows. And in fact, those are the islands where the breeds originated, aren't they? Absolutely. We have the most beautiful cows in the world. <laughs> they are absolutely gorgeous. I, I <laughs> they look at you with those eyes and you just want to hug them. And <laughs> the milk that they drink is just fabulous. And my children grew up uh, more or less, you know, on the milk. And actually, when we were going back to France to see my family, they would not drink milk for two weeks because the milk just tasted terrible compared to our Jersey milk. <laughs> so, yes, we're very lucky. 
you mentioned your family in France. Tell us how you got to uh, to Jersey. Uh, you're you're not a native, or uh, you weren't born on Jersey Island, were you? No, uh, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am French actually. Uh, from although my accent isn't uh, quite French, uh, I need to have a bit more red wine to you know for the French accent to come out. <laughs> so uh, I was born in Paris. So I am a Parisian. Um, and my parents thought it'd be a great idea to open a restaurant um, down the south of France. So we moved down in Grasse, which is the perfume capital, uh, when I was about seven or eight. Um, and I kind of grew up in that restaurant environment, you know, carrying plates when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, all my teenage years spent in the restaurant. And I guess you either love it or hate it. And I, I loved it. I loved that interaction with people. I love the seeing people having fun, coming back, you know, and, and there's, there's really something about it. So I did my catering school in Nice. And then I wrote hundreds of letters <laughs> in those days. <laughs> it just seems such a long time ago. Um, and because I knew I wanted to speak English, so I wanted to try to find a job in England. And actually, I found a little old lady who was doing some recruitment here on the island, responded to me, and she said, yes, come, I'll find you a job here as a receptionist. And she did. So that was my my first kind of arrival on the island. Now, you mentioned writing letters, uh, and that's part of the part of the uniqueness or part of the uh, the advantage or the draw to Jersey Island, the, the post office. You've actually got your own stamps there, and there's still a Jersey post office. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Our own stamps, our own money as well, because obviously we're in independent uh, jurisdiction. So it's... Um, Yes, it's it's got some very special, um, uh, very special as aspect of the island. You mentioned that you grew up in the in that service industry, and you either hated or, or or love it. You must have loved it because you've developed your business around that service industry. <laughs> Tell us about your business. What does the busy yeah. queen bee do? <laughs> well, so um, eleven years ago. Um, uh, no, sorry, when I when I came to Jersey for the first time when I was 18, I was doing um, summer season here in Jersey, winter season in, in, in France. I did a year in Epcot Center in, in Orlando. I did some work in the UK. And 20 years ago, we, I moved back to the island to run the same hotel as I was a young receptionist when I was 18 years old. So, <laughs> so it was quite a... Uh, it was quite a funny little story that I've come back to actually manage that hotel. Um, and so being on the receiving end of the service and, you know, trying to please our customers, growing that loyalty, increasing the engagement with our employees, that was my every day. That was what I was doing every day uh, operationally. Um, and then about 11 years ago, I kind of... Uh, I was getting divorced. I was still working in hotels, doing absolutely crazy hours. I, you know, my kids were looked at by an old pair and I never saw them and I was just too tired to play with them. And I thought, this is not my life. I can't c continue like that. I need to stop. I need to do something else. So I chucked the job. I sold the house. I did get divorced. And then I started my own business. 
Um, and I saw a gap in the market on the island where we where there was no one actually doing mystery shopping. So for those who don't know what mystery shopping is, it's actually measuring the customer service when you're going to a restaurant, a hotel. It's like an inspector, if you see what I mean, an undercover inspector. Um, and so the mystery shoppers go into do a visit. They follow a briefing, obviously, and with some questionnaire that we've set up with the organization. And then they come back and give some feedback. And that's kind of how the business started 11 years ago. Um, which, which you know, ha- has grown uh, uh, immensely. I mean, it's it's funny when you start a business, doesn't say you think that you're going to be doing something for the rest of your life, and and things completely change. Um, so from the mystery shopping, then you're realizing that really not the staff is trained properly. Uh, but that's because they don't actually have uh, any manuals or any standards or the customer journey hasn't been um, hasn't been mapped out. So from, you know, over the years, I've kind of grew into really giving every aspect of the customer service, the customer experience, the employees experience and helping the companies to really make this exceptional so you know the employees feel good they know what they're doing they can deliver that exceptional customer experience um and that's what i'm passionate about really inspiring businesses to to thrive by delivering exceptional customer experiences you thrive on improving the customer service it sounds like you don't necessarily thrive on the hotel or the restaurant business anymore. Have you expanded out of what your original focus was? Um, I'm still, I mean, the, the, the beauty with what I do now is that I can, I'm still working with all the industries. So I'm still working in, with the hotels. I'm still working in restaurants, but I'm not operational. I can come in, help them out. Um, direct them, guide them, hold their hands, you know, we can create different strategies for them to improve. Uh, and then and then I come out again. So I'm not operational as what uh, I was when I was within the hospitality industry. But I've worked now for uh, with retail industry, financial industry, uh, franchise industry. I mean, I've probably touched, you know, pretty much uh, over the last 11 years, pretty much all the industry and worked with them so they could, you know, improve their service delivery. Claire, you and I met a couple of uh, days ago at the virtual <laughs> uh, online uh, speakers or the these professional speakers of Spain uh, meeting and you presented at that at that time now I was squeezed into five minutes but if you could tell <laughs> us tell us the message that you have that's what caught my attention what did you have to say to professional speakers at, at, at that meeting well yeah you know it's it's interesting because I've um, I've met Bob I think I believe you you know Bob um last year in the Philippines so I was doing a talk a couple of talks uh, as a keynote speaker in the Philippines about customer experience and employee experience and we met with Bob and uh we've been keeping in touch and it said to me we're going to Barcelona you're coming with us and we're going to do this and we're going to do that obviously with everything that happened 
you know, it's it's not happened. And I was saying to Bob, but, you know, Bob, I'm very B2B orientated. I help businesses with their journey, with their steps. You know, I'm not quite sure how I can help a speaker. And he turned around and he said to me, Claire, remember, speakers are in the speaking business. They're in the speaking industry. And they have to run their, their business as a business. And that's where the idea came of my talk to really kind of help and, and show that we have to map out all of those touch points to ensure that every every journey, every experience, everything that we do as a speaker create that exceptional experience. So from uh, the from the, the the website that you have, from the messages that you gave uh, to your booking system to the, the agreements, to traveling, um, and then arriving, testing, saying hello to people, um, delivering your talk to the end of it, of the journey, which isn't the end of the talk. It's actually the thank you. It's the um, networking. It's the connecting with people. It's, it's all those things that we need to do. So I, I thought it was, um, it's a really good way to refocus the speakers in actually looking at their journey and making sure that every touch point is spot on. And that's what creates an exceptional customer experience, an exceptional experience for them as a speaker, for the audience, because everything goes really well, and for the organizers, because they love speakers who don't have problems. They love speakers who know what they're doing. They don't have to stress out about them. So the better, you know, touch point and journey you can map out, the better speaker you become. Claire, you've had the opportunity to work in several countries and certainly with with where you are, you get a lot of international visitors. The, the experience is one thing and we try to give our clients the best experience, but do you see a difference in cultures, in what people expect from uh, from a business, particularly, I would think, in the hotel and the restaurant business. Uh, have you got any comments about being aware of a culture that you might be going into or that you might be accepting visitors from? Uh, totally, absolutely. Um, I, I believe in, in customer service. There are core sets that you, you know, this is what, pure simple customer service should be and that's what could should be expected in all countries however um every country have a different expectations um and that's you know that's the reason also when i did when we did mystery shopping we had teams in different areas because those teams even if you're in jersey or Guernsey, which you think you know our sister island they're next to each other the expectations should be the same, but they're totally different. So, you know, you need to understand as a business, what does your customer want? What does it need? How can you deliver that? Ask the question, assess your customers to really understand where they are what, and how can you deliver that service to them? And the more we go, the more personalized people want to be. And so there's a big job out there to really be able to to deliver that exceptional, you know, customer service. But every country personalizes it with their customers' expectations. Claire, Definitely. 
Earlier you alluded to, and, and you used the example of a speaker uh, who is in the business of delivering a message, but it's not over when their message is finished on the stage. Let's go back to, mm. to the beginning part and doing the research. Uh, it's not just about showing up and delivering that message. It's about doing the homework before, isn't it? Just as, as mm. I'm sure there would be in the cultures that, that you talk about from Jersey to Guernsey, being prepared. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there may be some amazing speaker who can just... Uh, turn up and just <laughs> wiggle it but i don't believe that's true <laughs> you know um to really and you know what's the the research do as well they connect you with your audience and with the people the, the people in that culture in that um industry in that sorry the the, uh, the event that you're going to you will connect with them as well because you're learning things about them you can use those learnings into your talk into your speech you can you know i always try to go a cup a day before perhaps a couple of days before if i don't actually um um know the country or the area the city that i'm going to and i'll go and have a little wander around i'll go and eat some somewhere i'll go and speak to some of the retailers i'll take a few photos so i can use those in my talk and make it very personalized you know, all those research, it really is so you can connect at an emotional level. And that's what makes a great speaker. Claire, you told us that uh, business doesn't necessarily go where you're planned. And as your business has grown, has changed <laughs> somewhat, what's next on the uh, on the agenda for the busy queen bee? Where do you see this, this going next? Well, I I was in Kuala Lumpur in um, in November, and I did a talk there. Um, and it's uh, the, the talk was uh, lead with a yin, manage with a yang. Um, over the last 10, 11 years, I've learned a lot of different tools. I've become a feng shui practitioner. I'm an NLP practitioner. I do mindfulness, resilience, emotional intelligence, and so I want to bring all those techniques into what I do and how I share it with people. Um, and when I was on stage, the, it, I felt I was in the right place. I felt I was so congruent. I was in the flow. You know when that feeling when you're just like, yes, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> It was just an amazing feeling. So I, very much, you know, where I want to go is continue when when we can go back on sta on real stages. But um, I want to continue to be able to inspire people and just to give them some tools so they can change their life. They can make, you know, better decisions. They can really learn to develop and have more resilience and those emotional intelligence to bounce back and to continue and to be strong and full of energy and that kind of thing. So um, probably a lot of coaching. I'm hoping I'm launching a new program um next week on coaching because this can be done from anywhere around the world um and a lot of um if obviously you've seen me on saturday i bring quite a lot of energy to what i do <laughs> you, you certainly do and that's one of the reasons that i that i contacted you i said wow like uh you know the, the presentation and the and the energy here i wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast so thank you so much <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so I think that's, you know, that's something that I really want to be able to share, whether it's live or whether it's online, uh, whether it's one person on one-to-one or whether it's an audience, it's be able to, it's infectious, isn't it, to, to really want to be able to share a message. You seem to have taken uh, pieces of, of wherever you've lived with you. You mentioned that you were in the, uh, in the perfume area of France. Have you stayed in that business or is there any draw to that business at all? <laughs> well, well, you know, one of my, my ideas, which I wanted to develop as a speaker, is creating a real experience as, as a speaker. So my last talk, that was in, actually in Sweden, um, and what I did is I got, at one point, I got everybody to shut their eyes and I sprayed the room with perfume. Because, you know, the way that you connect with your, on an emotional level with your audience and with people is using your five senses. So I gave everybody a jelly bean and I sprayed the room with a perfume. And everybody, I got everybody to smell, to taste, to listen. And, and use those five senses to connect. And I was telling my brother, I'd love to do that, um, those kind of things. And he says, well, if you're going to do that, you may as well have your own perfume, Claire. And I thought, oh, I love the idea. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so I created my own perfume. Um, and it's called Eau d'Abeille, obviously, uh, Water of the Bees. So you have Eau de Parfum, and this is the bee, bee perfume, bee water. Um, and I use it as um, to, to connect on an emotional level during my talks, but I'm also, um, I'm also selling it. And it, it's just been an amazing journey, uh, really amazing journey. So... <laughs> <laughs> Claire, um, you, yeah, you, it's, it's you alluded little taste of France. You alluded to the uh, using all the senses as a speaker, and I, I'm not sure if if all of our listeners are if you're aware, but uh, research says that our sense of smell is 75 times more accurate than our visual memory. So if you're using a perfume in your presentation, uh, that's just so much more connection and so much more memory that you have with your listeners. Um, mm. Seems like a, a, a uh, perfect point. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know, I, I love bees as well. So I, I use the bee analogy in everything that, that I do. And I absolutely love the way their ethical conduct and everything. And, and you know, the, the queen has a phenomena, 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 Sorry, I can't say the word. The smell of the queen. So when she actually, uh, uh, she, she, there's a smell that, you know, comes out of the queen and the bees know that, you know, she's here. And actually when the smell isn't here, that means that she's either dead and they're all starting, you know, freaking out a little bit because, you know, the queen is dead and they're going to need to f replace her. So the, the, it relates very much to, you know, the... That, that kind of emotions, that kind of, you know, directions and guidance into, you know, what, what we do. And, and I think the, our emotions drive our conscious level. So our subconscious is driven by emotions and our emotions drives what we do, for sure. I think the word that you're looking for is pheromone. You had the concept right. 
<laughs> that's the right word in English. <laughs> and you, that's the one. <laughs> and, and you did a heck of a job of, of describing it. <laughs> so I actually, I actually did learn something in that insect class that I was forced to take back in my agriculture days. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Our guest today has been Claire Bosk Scott, the busy queen bee from Jersey Island. That's today's podcast. Everybody has a story. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed asking the questions. And if you have any ideas for an interesting guest or you'd like to hear more on any topic, please send the idea along to lessthebookcoach at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.